0: You are listening to Orange Blaze, a Florida Trail podcast.
1: Yeah, so it's it's a whole gamut of things, really. And a lot of what, what I do is planning for projects um, for the upcoming season. That's you know, those projects are for the most part carried out with our partners at Florida Trail Association. Um, so. All the infrastructure projects and boardwalks and bridges and punch-ins and things that you see on the trail normally start with a planning process between us and our partners and the land manager. So that's a lot of what I do. Coordination with, with all those parties on a, on a regular basis, putting together memorandums of understanding and agreements that allow for access to the trail on partner properties, state properties. Uh, Those are an ongoing um, thing that we do. We have over 30 agreements uh, statewide.
0: That was Sean Thomas, Florida National Scenic Trail Administrator with the U.S. Forest Service. And I'm Misty Ridley-Little, your host for the podcast. As I've set out to create this third season of the podcast, I've been trying to bring more land managers to the podcast to get a bit of a more rounded outlook on just what the Florida Trail is overall. Many folks may not even know that the U.S. Forest Service is a key component in the Florida Trail's protection and overall administration. The Florida Trail Association may be the overall face of the Florida Trail in many ways, but the U.S. Forest Service, like the National Park Service for the Appalachian Trail, is the federal government component to how the trail is protected through the National Scenic Trail System. Sean offers a lot of insight into what his duties are with the Forest Service, from how sometimes the smallest acts, such as creating a short boardwalk through a wetland, can create a few extra steps that we just might not envision when we're walking over an area like that, to how he coordinates with other land managers throughout the state, as well as the Florida Trail Association, as well as what he hopes to see happen to the Florida Trail in the future. I tried to cover a few topics that I knew were coming up as potentially problematic for hikers, but if you wanna reach out to Sean directly to let him know of any of your concerns, he gives his email in the podcast and I've included his contact information in the show notes for the podcast as well. In addition, I'm including several links in the show notes for the podcast so you can understand some of the items we talk about, particularly with the Big Ben reroute, which we don't really go into too much detail about in the episode, but there have been several big changes over the last year regarding that. I'm also going to include the link to the original comprehensive plan for the Florida Trail from the 1980s, which is absolutely fascinating to read. I enjoyed the conversation with Sean because it was an aspect of the Florida Trail I didn't fully understand how it fit into the picture until recently, and Sean flushed a bit more of that information out in our conversation. All right, on to the episode. All right. So Sean, thank you for coming on the podcast. I appreciate you taking your time uh, and it's your evening hours too, uh, off your work hours to speak with me. And uh, I wanted to have you on because I think, you know, there's some people who probably have a vague idea that there's another agency out there helping, uh, you know, run the Florida Trail aside from the Florida Trail Association. But most people are familiar with the Florida Trail Association in conjunction with the Florida Trail, but I wanted to bring the knowledge of the Forest Service to light and how it works with the Florida Trail and uh, in conjunction with that. And you are the person who is in that role. And if you would just maybe just introduce yourself and how you came to came, uh, work for the U.S. Forest Service and uh, a little bit about your role.
1: Yes, absolutely, Misty, and thank you for having me. This is uh, really a pleasure, and it's great to be able to speak with you um, in my capacity. But yes, my name is Sean Thomas. I'm the Florida National State Trail Administrator for the Forest Service, and I work out of Tallahassee, Florida in our supervisor's office, but our program is actually under the regional office in Atlanta, uh, Georgia. Um, but I previously worked for uh, as a civilian with the Air Force, as a wildlife biologist, um, down in South Central Florida, a place called Avon Park Air Force Range. And we had a section of the Florida National C- Trail through there that was under the program I was managing. So, I was familiar with um, the FTA volunteers and, and the Ford Trail a little bit. And when I saw uh, this position come available, it seemed like the dream job. So, I applied at the last minute, not thinking anything would come of it. And uh, almost seven years later, here I am. So that's how I got here.
0: (laughs) All right. All right. Yeah, I'm familiar with that section through Avon Park, because when I threw hike the Florida Trail in 2011, that was the route through there. And we had done a couple just day hikes, overnight hikes into that area before. So I, I was a little sad when it got rerouted. Of course, Kissimmee Prairie is beautiful as well but I thought Avon Park is uh, an interesting area that you know you don't usually get to see unless you had special permission or you were know, hiking through the Florida Trail and uh, that was a cool place. So Yeah absolutely
1: that was a really tough uh, decision to reroute the trail and, and honestly it made sense in the end but I was I was equally sad to see it go it was one of my favorite areas.
0: Yes yes yeah. so so what is your role I mean I mean maybe even did you have any understanding of what your role would be when you came into the position?
1: Not exactly. I wasn't I wasn't as familiar with the agency's role um, in administering um, national scenic trails. and um, and I think um, you know and, and that's again why I'm thankful to be on uh, your program because, I don't think a lot of people are, and so kind of behind the scenes working. <laughs> so, uh, no, I didn't really know what my role would be. I mean, I knew the job description, and I was familiar with the trail system, but that's about as far as I knew.
0: Right, right. So, what, what, what do you do? I mean, obviously, I think it's a role that probably fluctuates, you know, week to week, and you know, year to year, even. But what are some of your duties that you do just kind of on a monthly basis? What are your your biggest priorities?
1: Yeah, so it's it's a whole gamut of things really. And um, a lot of what, what I do is planning for projects um, for the upcoming season. That's, you know, those projects are for the most part carried out with our partners at Floor Trail Association. Um, so all the infrastructure projects and boardwalks and bridges and punches and things that you see on the trail um, normally start with a planning process between us and our partners and the land manager. So that's a lot of what I do. Um, coordination with, with all those parties on a, on a regular basis, um, putting together memorandums of understanding and agreements that allow for access to the trail and partner properties, state properties. Uh, those are an ongoing um, thing that we do. We have over 30 agreements uh, statewide um, and then some of the fun things that, that I enjoy doing are, are looking at gaps and opportunities in the trail and, and uh, getting out with uh, volunteers and with FTA staff members and looking at ways to close those. And then ultimately, that leads to uh, discussions with new partners or landowners or sometimes um, um, companies uh, or uh, private entities. So, um, yeah, that, that's pretty exciting. Um, other responsibilities we have is it's the data and, and financial management aspects so where we, we're responsible to hold the authoritative data for the trail um, and then we we make that available to the public um, And then um, you know me personally I also do Appalachian trail liaison duties for the southern, southern region so right. I spend a little bit of my time doing that um, but for the most part uh, here in Florida.
0: Okay. Okay. So, so you're talking about working on the MOAs for land management, land managers and kind of negotiating, like, you know, replacing boardwalks and stuff. So would you be like writing environmental assessments or doing any of that kind of work?
1: We do. So when we go into a project, we have to look at the, um, the project plan. aspect would include, um, you know, location, environmental review, um, um, tribal consultation, um, permitting uh, depending on you know where where it is that can be complex or fairly straightforward. Um, and then it's uh, the implementation of ordering the materials, contracting uh, materials delivery, that sort of thing um, or sometimes it's ordering through uh, the Ford Trail Association.
0: Okay okay. So now I think a lot of people are probably familiar with like the National Park Service, you know, administering the Florida, um, the Appalachian Trail. How does that differ from the U.S. Forest Service role? And maybe even like comparing to other long distance trails, like who manages those? Like how, how do, do you, is what you're doing similar to what the National Park Service is doing with the AT or are you kind of doing, it's a little bit of a different thing? Yeah, I'd
1: say it's, it's fairly similar. Um, we, you know, we were designated the administrator of so the trail when when the national park floor trail was designated in uh, 1986 and then um, you know I, i'm not really i don't really know how that whole process worked but that that's how it came and then of course the, the appalachian trails is um, administered by the national park service but we we operate fairly similarly um you know we're, we're responsible for ensuring we have consistency with the comp plan um the national trail system act and laws uh, such as um NEPA and, and um, consultation and things like that, um, designating the trail, um, supporting our, our our partners with the funding and technical ex- expertise, um, providing standards and guidelines. So those things are all really similar across the different agencies, um, and I would include the Bureau of Land Management. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, additionally, we, we work together across agencies. We have a uh, Now in its sixth year, we have a National Trail Administrators Roundtable,
0: Mm. where
1: we get together uh, virtually or by phone uh, prior to COVID, um, uh, quarterly, and then once a year in person, usually for a a few days, um, to talk about how we can better manage these resources across agencies and boundaries in a more seamless way for uh, the user.
0: Right. Okay. Now, going back to, you mentioned uh, 1986 and the Florida Trail uh, being protected as a National Scenic Trail. um, Do you know a lot about the comprehensive plan that was developed back then and and how it came to be? Or because, you know, I I put a little quote in in this outline about, you know, land condemnation. uh, But I'm just curious about the rest of the comprehensive plan itself. Like, is it still valid today? Do you guys update that? How does that work?
1: Yeah, good question. It, it is, and, and I think I, I might have misspoke, but the comp plan was in 1986. But um, anyhow, yeah, so obviously it's, it's quite dated, um, but still very relevant. So the comp plan outlined the, the nature and purpose of the trail and, and sort of the, how it was designated. Um, prior to the comp plan, there was a there was a study that was done by the National Park Service that informed, you know, whether it would be designated and then ultimately the comp plan. Um, but there's, there's the... Um, the general route overview is contained in there. And so that's fairly relevant still. And then uh, how we operate, how the US Forest Service operates with partners and how what the Floor Trail Association's role is and sort of the scenic qualities that that we want to look for when we're trying to adopt new trails. So I think for those parts, it's relevant. Um, it could use an update. It's, uh, it's a heavy lift and so that's probably why we have not done that yet, <laughs> and we've sort of supplemented that with our our um, five year floor National Scenic Trail strategic plan, um, which is tiered to that. But, but to answer your question, yeah, it could use an update, but it is still very relevant, and we and we still work by that today.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, so, so two ways I can go there. I do want to talk about the strategic plans as well, but because when I was reading, I you know, included this quote about the land condemnation because it st- stood out to me because of just protecting the trail um, and how it compared differently to the Appalachian Trail when they basically use eminent domain and in so many instances to protect that trail. But the Florida Trail specifically was like, we're not going to do this. Do you know why that was chosen or what the history is on that is?
1: I know a little bit about it. And and yeah, you're correct with AT. And, and really that's, I think, the only trail that's that used that authority and so it's just um i'm not sure about the specific history with the florida national scenic trail other than that in the study when they were studying the feasibility of, of designating a, a national scenic trail it was widely commented on that that floridians and partners and private landowners did not want eminent uh, domain authority uh, with the trail and, and so that's well documented in the early 80s when they were when they were studying uh, the feasibility, and then you know I think there there may be one other trail that has that authority that's never used it, but other than that, um, the Florida National Scenic Trail does not have that authority per the act as well as a comprehensive plan. So it's um, it's in law that that you know we can acquire properties through willing sellers and. Um, and then of course, agreements for hosting the trail, but we just don't have that that authority.
0: Okay. And so I guess that would just like take an act of Congress to change that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. And, okay. and you know, it would be a public process. And um, I just, you know, it, it's not something that I feel is even um, it, it, in the, you know, quite honestly, I don't know that the, it's in the public's interest. Um, I think that we can achieve a lot of the gap closures in Florida through partnerships and uh willing land sellers uh, Okay, uh, but that's that, you know
0: that's my opinion I know it's, I know it's a touchy subject so <laughs> I was just kind of curious from your perspective in the forest service and kind of getting a little bit of an understanding because you know I didn't I just went I was reading through the comprehensive plan I didn't realize it was actually in writing that that was not not a method of of land uh, acquirement, and I was just curious about that. So thanks for yeah, clarifying. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. No, we we do hear that. We we we've heard a lot about that in the last couple of years. But um, yeah, just legally, we we couldn't if we if we wanted to pursue that we couldn't. So. Right, right. Yeah.
0: Okay. So now moving on to the five-year strategic plans, is that a relatively new? Um, thing you guys are putting out? Because I, I have seen a couple in the last, you know, in the last five or 10 years. Uh, and, and what, how are they developed and what do they usually cover?
1: Yeah. Thanks for asking. This is really exciting to me because we just revised ours. Um, I shouldn't say just revised. It's been a few years, but it feels like we just did. <laughs> <laughs> it. It's uh, the first one we we did was in 2012. Um, we regrouped in um, 2017 to see if our if our goals are still relevant and we determined they were we modified a little bit of our goals and kind of reordered i don't really want to say priority because we're working on everything at one time but we did reorder um the way that they're put into the document um intentionally um, but and in the, and then uh, as i mentioned they align with the comprehensive plan but they really focus on promoting connections to the trail um, Completing the trail. As, as you know, we have a lot of roadwalk uh, sustainable management for the trail and strategic partnerships. And then we have a, a whole slew of action items associated with that, more than you probably want to read, but we have a separate document. It's our implementation guide, and that's really for um, it's public, it's on our website, but it's really for um, the Forest Service and Floor Trail Association and our. Coalition to really dig into the goals and the action items to make sure we stay on course and and achieve them and kind of move the needle and and particularly with the promoting connections the completing the trails it's, it's happening um, slowly but but it's happening I think uh, as well as the, the sustainable management I'm pretty proud of um, you know the work that volunteers do and and our partners that that adopt our uh, our standards so yeah.
0: Right. So you mentioned earlier, uh, you know, we have talked a little bit about you coordinating with other land managers and the FTA to accomplish some of these projects, but I guess kind of walk us through that process. So who's deciding, does it, is it maybe one of the, um, you know, local groups chapters deciding, okay, well, we really need to build a boardwalk here and they're talking to the FTA and then they talk to you or are you, looking at things that need to be done and and you coordinating with the fta like what is that process and who does the fta have to get permission from the force service to do these things how how does how does that happen
1: yeah that's kind of a mystery i think for for a lot of people but yeah it's it's really um kind of all of the above um we have a, a a pretty simple but i think um you know, informative graphic that, that's really just a, um, uh, a cooperative management graphic of the land manager, the forest service and the FTA um, circular. And, and that's kind of how we operate. Um, you know, ultimately when we're funding projects, the, the forest service and the land manager um, make the decision. But generally speaking, it's the FTA community Volunteers, the public who identify a need, um, we've worked with Floor Trail Association over the last gosh um, five to ten years to develop regional staff that are that are out in out every region of the state, and so they coordinate with local chapters, and um, and we take project request lists each year, or up and rolling really, um, and then myself and staff will evaluate those based, number one, on safety, and then we look at a variety of factors, um, you know, how, how active is the trail location and so forth, and, and what the needs are, and then considering our budget and capacity, we create a program work together with FTA each year. I generally coordinate with the land managers, myself and the FTA regional staff member, uh, to complete the permitting uh, requirements, make sure they're on board and supportive of the projects. um, And then we move forward. And so uh, it's methodical. It sometimes takes longer than folks would like. And and I share that frustration, but we we certainly do need to uh, consider safety. And so we have those general standards for creating a bridge and a boardwalk. And um, we really stress, uh, you know, going with the process rather than just creating a homemade structure that might not be sound
0: right right so nobody can just you know get a boy scout troop project together and build a boardwalk across you know a 30-foot section of of wetland they have to go step by step through the process before that can just happen
1: exactly but but we do actually work with um a lot of uh, scouts and um youth groups and uh, alternative break college students and they get out there and do the work. Um, but we are, you know, they most of the time, especially if it's a bridge or something, it's, we've had plans, um, engineered plans and so forth, and it's ready to go by the time they're out there working on it. Uh, but sometimes the scouts come to us with projects and um, if it's a kiosk or something like that, we just have a discussion around it and uh, provide them with some of the materials in some cases, or the,
0: the actual panels and, and then they go to town okay so that so that could that process can go pretty fast what about i'm sorry going back to the boardwalk it's like my go-to example here sure, because sure. it's kind of simple uh so would that be something that could be done within you know a field season you know in the fall before three hiking season or is this like okay i'm thinking about this in you know fall of 2019 but it's not going to get done till fall of 2020
1: yeah, sometimes both. I mean, sometimes it's pretty straightforward. We we've done some smaller boardwalks that uh, we've done in a matter of a couple months, um, and, and sometimes those are a matter of um, volunteer maintenance. You know, they just can't get mowers across this really rough section or wet section of trail, and so we can put a pretty pretty simple structure in place. But then again, we have some just you know very complex and yeah long boardwalks and some of those have taken uh several years to plan and implement um, and usually it's a variety of factors it's not just the kind of red tape that you might suspect it's you know we get out there on the ground and then we can't drive piles into the ground for a variety of reasons or, or something right. like that yeah
0: um because i to, I am an environmental consultant. Uh, work for an environmental consulting firm during the day. My, it's my part of my j job. So you're talking about driving piles. Do you have to do you guys do arc surveys for any of this kind of stuff?
1: Yes, and so um, um, that you know that's sometimes what what we have to be creative around. You know, we may not be able to drive anything into the ground, and so um, that's why you'll see a lot of um, uh, floating puncture. Uh, mm-hmm structures particularly international forests and things like that and that's that's generally the reasons um, okay. behind that yeah. okay
0: okay yeah i think it gives people a perspective especially when they're going hiking through like you know why isn't this like this it should be like this and you know possibly they're correct but sometimes there may not be because there's an extenuating circumstance uh behind that and um yeah that's a a good point yeah so um, you mentioned the coalition of uh, you know all your other uh, forest service and national park a long distance trail uh, cohort, but I also noticed there is also the Florida National Scenic Trail Coalition. And what is that, and and how does that work?
1: Well, it's a it's a group of rock stars, really. <laughs> it's it's really a great group that I'm, I'm so fortunate to be a part of. But it's really it's it's land manager. Um, leadership from most of the land managing agencies that we work with across the state, uh, Florida Trail Association, University of Florida, counties. Um, We meet um, and have been doing so since the Forest Service established this coalition in 2010, Um, but we meet um, twice a year. And we really talk about the strategic plan goals. Um, We talk about uh, you know, issues that, that may be at the forefront. Obviously, COVID was was something um, to consider for the, for the land managers and public. Um, but it's really all things about how can we consistently provide um, a, a, a seamless experience for hikers. And it may not, uh, and well, I, I would say it's not, not perfect obviously a, a through hike but uh, just know that you do have all these land managers coming together from different agencies that are trying to improve the experience and so um, they come together after volunteering uh, to meet twice a year and it's, it's just a great experience it's open to the public um, might not be the most exciting thing for the public but it is open to the public and we're generally just talking about strategic plan goals
0: Okay. So hikers, if they wanted to attend, they can come and listen in. Can they offer a viewpoint or is it just, they've to sit back and listen?
1: Yeah. It's the meetings are really structured and, and this isn't set in stone. So, you know, we could change this. We generally don't have too many of the public that show up. Um, but, um, usually the front of the meeting is, is, is business and then we save some time for questions and answers and, you know, suggestions, um, The only thing I'd say is most of the time somebody's volunteering the space for this. So, you know, I I usually put out a a notice that we're having the meeting and then if there's a large response, then obviously we need a bigger space. So that's that's really the only factor. But other than that, yeah, they're absolutely welcome to.
0: Okay. So is it, is it like we're policy for like, I mean, I guess you're talking about the strategic plan at that meeting. So you're like developing like policy or are you just kind of strategizing between the agencies, like what the needs and goals are for each of the land managers. Yeah. So
1: we don't do any policy um, uh, during those meetings. It's really information sharing and best practices. Um, You know, um, projects will report out on what our program of work is. And and sometimes it's garnering support from, you know, whether it's Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation or or Commission and, uh, or different land managers, and um, or if we have some um, a chapter that would like to see a trailhead at this location, we might talk about that. But we don't we okay. don't do any policy making. Okay. Okay.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> well, it sounds it sounds very interesting, and then, I, I mean, just it seems like there's just a lot of components into how things get done between you know you're meeting with you know land managers, you're meeting with other trail, uh, groups and, you know, then they just FTA it's the, itself there's just a lot involved in getting things done to protect the Florida trail.
1: <laughs> there, there really is. Yeah. Um, it, 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 there's so many moving parts and it, uh, a, a lot of, um, a lot of energy behind the scenes for sure.
0: Right. Right. And I mean, are you the only one? Do you have like any uh, like field techs or anybody else kind of helping you behind the scenes or is it' just you doing this?
1: Yeah, for, for a while it was, but I have a, a deputy administrator um, and I have an excellent um, uh, graduate student intern at, that uh, obviously they rotate out while they're in. Usually they're, they're We have a partnership with the Florida State University um, Department of, of Planning and so uh, we have a grad student generally working with us on, on a lot of this um, planning, um, permitting and things like that, um, some interpretive materials. And then we have a uh, partnership position. It's our, our GIS program manager, and that's partnered with the Trail Association. Okay. So that's uh, the four of us, sometimes two interns that work out of our office.
0: OK, um, well, since you mentioned the GIS program manager, because that position I have seen recently advertised uh, is so that would be a Forest Service paid job, not a Florida Trail Association job.
1: It's actually a Florida Trail Association job. It's it's, it's a little bit unique, that particular position, because it's a it's a uh, it's a partnership posi- position. So we have day to day kind of uh Day-to-day duties are out of the Forest Service office here in Tallahassee, um, but it is an actual FTA position. So it's it's a um, position that's funded under our cost-share agreement with FTA. Okay. So that's how that that okay. works.
0: Um. Yeah. Okay. So that is that is all very interesting and helpful. Um. Because it seemed like it might be a little overwhelming just uh for one person to be doing all of these things. So I'm glad you have a little bit of help back there. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah um and uh, now to move on a little bit do you have any estimations on visitor usage of the florida trail and just kind of what you're planning for obviously i'm sure you've seen the increasing through hiker usage in the last five years and just you know i would assume we're going to slowly be increasing that even more in the next 10 maybe 20 years do you have any idea like what's really being used of the florida trail
1: I do. So we we have a long-standing partnership with the University of Florida. Um, and based on decades of research, their estimations are about 360,000 visitors per year uh, along the floor trail. Um, which, you know, spread out throughout the years is, isn't isn't that great. And then the numbers of through hikers is obviously much, much smaller. Um, but we did see a major increase anecdotally um, over COVID and it'll take some time to see what the numbers show. I know a couple instances where, you know, the numbers actually have doubled um, where we have the data. Wow. Um, But we are increasing that program. Um, The Floor Trail Association has some grant funding and we're going to uh, put more trail counters out there so that we can get more accurate data, um, have some more surveyors so that we can really see um, how, how we're, how we're doing with our remote connections goal. Um, and so, um, you know, honestly, we haven't had the problem, um, except for a few isolated instant incidences of too many people on the trail where we've seen a lot of degradation or resource damage or something like that. Um, we've had a couple of areas that, you know, because of the usage there's a lot more negative encounters with, with wildlife. And so we've put some mitigation measures in place there, but we've really focused on um, promoting the trail and, and, and the awareness part of the trail and, and trying to get more users. So we're maybe a little different than, than some yes. of the trails that are, that experience uh, the opposite. And so, um, but things like our, our gateways community program and, and um Some of the, I think, I'm hoping that some of the interpretive material and standardized kiosks throughout the state and and things like that, I think, will create some awareness.
0: Right. So, do you have any breakdowns on just like day hiker usage, like hunters, um, first time users, anything like that?
1: Unfortunately, not a lot. We have a little bit through some survey data, but it's 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 difficult to collect, and it takes a lot of resources. Yeah, uh, we do have some um, kind of uh, gender and age breakdown, and um, we can we can we can kind of estimate, you know, based on just sort of anecdotal through hikers, you know, yeah, that most of those are. Um, shorter distance hikers or day users mm-hmm. yeah
0: right right um you mentioned just a few instances of possible like degradation of habitat or or resources uh do you know what those areas were in particular
1: yeah we we've had some negative um, bear and and um you know camper hiker interactions in ocala national forest um we've established the the bare canister loaner program uh, That's right. with the FTA. So there's, mm-hmm. there's that to help mitigate. Um, we have some areas, particularly along some of our rivers, like um, uh, you can find a um, water management district in the Panhandle, for example, where maybe really the trail wasn't put in in the right place to begin with. Um, you know, a lot of times, you know, trails put in there's very little use and it's right on the edge of, uh, of, of uh, a steep terrain mm-hmm. it, and i understand that it's got a great view but over time it starts to erode and if we back it off a little bit and put it a, on, a, on a different grade we can avoid some of that and so we it's just instances like that where we've um maybe routed the trail slightly mm-hmm. off the edge of the yeah <laughs> of the, the slide right
0: yeah. um well i was gonna say one place that i can based on hearing from hikers that you might see issues with and i don't know if you i've heard but some of those camping spots in big Cypress are getting can get quite full in the you know that first week or two of of january when everybody's starting out at least least they're going northbound so i don't know if um you've heard any of that but i do know that they there's been some times where they've thought this might not fit everybody who's out here and that could create a, a potential issue of you know having hikers rolling in it late at night and potentially happening to go three miles to the next campsite in the dark in the swamp and not being the greatest situation. Um, so I do know that's potentially an issue, and especially if it continues to be you know a lot more through hikers. And I don't know, obviously, people can start staggering out their start time and <laughs> and, yeah. and looking at that. But um, I do know I've heard from several hikers who've, who've mentioned that is an issue.
1: I'm glad you brought that up, actually, because <laughs> I, I don't want to give anything away and I, you know, I don't want to make any promises that we that we can't achieve. But I will say um, we're working through an agreement right now with National Park Service um, with with um, a number of items. Uh, and, and one of those is is the campsites and um how we can better improve that. Okay. Exactly. what we We're talking about. So um, look forward to more details and, and we'll, you know, we, and we have some other things there too, where we want to replace kiosks and, and um, they're excited about it and we're excited about it. So I think, I think we'll see some of that addressed. Actually.
0: Okay. Good, good. Because yeah. that I think that was my one worry of as trail usage increases is, you know, most people as a high number of people who start the trail in big Cypress, and uh you know they s- obviously kind of stagger out after that but uh they all seem to bunch up and it seemed like a big problem so
1: <laughs> yeah yeah they, and, and i think there's going to be there's going to be a need too, especially if we still if we see increased users and in, particularly with the kickoffs to um, yeah. to get some some you know some buy-in from from the hiking community too, to to like you said stagger it a little more too. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. Um, so s- more issues down the line here uh, to talk about is obviously the big ones are, you know, gap closures and on the trail. And I guess kind of, you- you've talked a little bit about kind of how that works, but um, maybe just talk about some of your, the most recent, you know, big projects you've, you know, had the big bend project, which seems to be in a state of limbo, maybe. And, Central Florida, uh, the roadwalk reroute. Are, are, those are the two that I can think of that are the big ones. But yeah, like w- how how does working on getting trail off the road <laughs> happen?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's that that is a uh, process. Um, I tell you, but it's uh, you're right. Those those were the two big ones. The big bend. Um, you know, obviously we we've had some setbacks there, and and we're looking at at that and what's the best way forward. So it's, it's still very much on our radar. Um, I think, um, I think the majority of the public and including myself and FTA felt like we had a a really good option and we still have, I think, a great option. Um, we just need to do a little more work there and, and that's, um, that's happening. Um, not the reroute, the work is happening. (laughs) The reroute is in the, the, um, the one down in, in, um, Osceola and Orange County is, is uh, boy, there's just a lot going on there. It's a really challenging um, um, gap. Uh, and there's a lot of development that's happening. Um, transportation corridor with high-speed rail and, and road expansions and um, just going from a rural landscape to somewhat of a developed landscape. It's a lot of moving parts, but I, I will say we have, um, we have, some land developers at the tables. We have cities and counties and um, uh, the state land managers um, all at the table to try to make this the best connected segment that we can. And so I'm cautiously optimistic. Uh, We need a a pretty substantial land bridge if we're really gonna get over this major Know, what's going to be a multimodal corridor where the beach line expressway is that's probably the biggest obstacle right now right um, but we have some beautiful segments that have been installed um they're small and scattered but they're um they're great in, in um in both osceola and orange county so i think over time you're going to see that much better connected um it's it's just not something that's going to happen too quickly right and i will say some of the other smaller gaps um you know, yeah, we, we chip away at um, it. But, I, you know, since our, our start of our 2018 strategic plan, we've added 55 new miles of trail and removed um, 30 miles of roadwalk. So I think it's uh, something to be proud of. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> I say we between, you know, us and our partners, not just not the four things.
0: Right. Um, So I have a couple questions on Central Florida and Big Ben. So on the Central Florida, so I did get to visit some of that, uh, one of the new areas in uh, Split Oak Forest. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't remember, I don't remember seeing actual signage, at least at the one trailhead I went to that specifically, like, made it known that that trail didn't connect in that, like, it was a segment, basically so is it known for the, does the public, is it really clear that for the public to know that's just a future corridor or yeah, I guess, I guess what's the wording on that? <laughs> yeah,
1: that's a, that's a good point. And, and, and honestly, maybe something that we need to improve upon. I, I mean, it's, it's depicted that way on our, on our maps that there's segments. Um, but no, I, I, I don't believe we have signage on the ground. So that's, that's, point well taken, and, and we could probably do a better job of getting that message out through social media. Um, I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe the, um, the thru-hiker packets that FTA puts out still recommend the, um, the alternative road walk for, yeah. for long distance hikers. And so there's that, but, um, yeah. but good point. I, I, I'll definitely uh, work with the counties to, to improve the language on the ground.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just because I know, especially when you guys have opened some of those segments up, I think, because initially when I was looking, I thought, okay, so they're, you're going to re route re-route this way down this roadwalk to connect to these segments. But then what happens north of here? Um, so yeah that to me that seemed like it was slightly unclear, and you know maybe it's just from from my viewpoint, maybe it is clear to some other some other people, but obviously that yeah, through hackers I think do know, do know that, but if I was just like a general public, I might not I might actually think that was the actual corridor for the moment, but um yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I'll tell you a little
1: bit behind the scenes kind of why that was deliberate to um you know to not wait until it was fully connected to to do a ribbon cutting or or call it floor trail or blaze of orange, but it, it, it's really um, from my point of view, and I think others as well, it, important to establish it as a Florida trail to show that we're trying to connect this, to get the local communities, um, you know, buy in and ownership of the trail. So that's kind of the reasoning, but, um, but yeah, I would definitely, I'd be a little disappointed myself if I went out to, <laughs> right. to and, and uh, find out that I'm, out of ground <laughs> right right <Yeah.
0: laughs> so I'm guessing like there's you couldn't ever coordinate with uh, the desert ranch folks again I know that y'all got that's been kicked off for like 20 years but there's been no channels they're just not of not um willing to have the Florida Trail again
1: well um actually um quite the contrary they've um well I don't want to
0: Yeah, if you don't want to speak to what you can't speak to, but I'm just, I was just curious. Yeah, no, I'll
1: just say not the, not the historic route, you know, that's off the table. Um, But they do own some property in these gap areas between um, the segments that you were referring to. And we have an agreement in place with them for some access across some some small areas of their property that connect to um, adjoining county properties. And so they've been, they've been quite cooperative, honestly. Okay. Um, they don't want us in, you know, in their uh, main operations area and so okay. and okay. we've respected that.
0: But. Okay. I was just curious if, you know, maybe land, you know, whoever was running it at that time wasn't and new people came in, they would be more open to that, but i just curious. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and when that kind of goes back to my the big bend thing, because I hiked in twenty eleven, obviously when before that large parcel was sold. And I I mean I was always curious because okay, well now it's on the roadwalk and then you guys were trying to reroute it the other way. Did was there any I mean, I think that land was for sale for several years, but was there any coordination with the new landowner to try to get that Florida trail back through that that historic route or I mean, this sounds yes. like yeah.
1: What? Yeah, there was a lot actually, a lot of coordination and discussion, and um, we um, well, a couple of things happened. One, the land was sold, um, not in an entire entity, so that you have on the western or eastern side rather um, a variety of small landowners, residential landowners with with property um, who cut off. Um, who posted their private roads um, and and they weren't willing to negotiate. And and so um, that is what it is. It's, it's just not something we could get past. Um, So there was that, that was a blockage, but then the um, four rivers timber company um, that owns the majority of that now um, we did um, work out an agreement with them, a written agreement to get access on the Southern portions of their property. Uh, to connect what would have been the, the reroute. Um, and they were very supportive of that. And, and um, they did not, but they did also make it clear, very clear. They did not want us in that kind of historic route in their main timber operations. Um, so okay. uh, that, that that's kind of how that went down. And, um, and beyond that, I mean, it would have been a challenge anyway with the private residential lots, um, connecting
0: to right that, but yeah right. okay yeah I, I was just curious because you know obviously we only see what you guys are able to put out on on documentation we don't see the inner the back channel workings of you know every phone call and letter you guys write i was just kind of curious what what actually had happened
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, i'm glad they explain it because we we had um and it's not just the foresters. I mean, our FTA partners were there and, and we had a, a team working on this. Um, um, well, one of the FTA staff is a Triple Crowner so he was involved in um, state agency partners, but with the with the timber company itself, I've probably had, I don't know, five sit down meetings with them, <laughs> you know? So that's kind of what goes on when okay. you do yeah.
0: yeah, right. So, so with the big bend reroute, you guys are reworking, or can you say what you're doing to to try to make that work? Is what's and how long you think that's going to take?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think we need to go back and look at the um, um, the the decision process, um, and, and you know what's the best mechanism to make that decision. Um, so, you know environmental assessment I you know I, I'm not sure what okay will come of that so that that's that's I'll be talking with our planners and, and the experts in the in that field about that okay um so that's one component and then the other component is is the um that goes back to the comp plan and and the language around where the trail should be uh, of course that was you know in the 80s when the land use was quite different in the state of Florida so that's that language is it's kind of um you know can be interpreted different ways and so there that that's a pretty big factor so i i couldn't even i i wouldn't want to put a guess on how long it would take because okay. there's so much um that will have to be done you know internally with different right different program areas okay okay
0: well do you have any other major projects like any bridges or anything else you're kind of working on that's behind the scenes uh that's, you're trying to get accomplished?
1: We do, we've got, um, we've got a number of them because we are um, really eager to get back out in the field <laughs> after this past year. Yeah. Um, but we are, um, we're working on a partnership with Florida Forest Service to try to get a, um, a bridge and with Lacoochie State Forest um, that's been needed for a number of years. Um, Big Shoals State Park in the new section of trail. Mm -hmm. We're working with them in the water management district to get a a bridge there. Um, We have a major project that we're hoping is going to happen anytime in St. Mark's uh, wildlife refuge in the spring Creek area. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's um, that's part of going way back to the um, BP oil spill funding. And and we we have approval for the project. We just haven't received the funds yet. Um, So that'll be, substantial, I think, in a destination. Um, but then we have some um, Great American Outdoors Act funding um, for some um, deferred maintenance in Appalachicola, Ocala. Um, so I think you'll see that on the horizon, too.
0: Right. Okay. Um, I And I just thought of this as I was talking about bridges, uh, because it was came up when we were obviously hiking on our hike. But the the big road walk that you have to do around Crestview, is there any plans to ever get a bridge like over the yellow, is it the yellow river right there?
1: Yellow river. Is there any,
0: is is there any plans to get anything or is that just like a no go situation?
1: I have had many meetings um, about the yellow river and that's one of the, um, I don't know. Maybe I just say it. I. I don't think I want to leave this position. Do we have a bridge over the? other <laughs> so I'm very much um, working on. In fact, I was talking with the um, FTA regional manager for that region um, a couple of weeks ago, and him and I were both saying, "Let's get this back on the radar." So yes, we'll be having those discussions so ongoing. All but right. It, it'll be a long. You know, that'll be a, a major. Obviously major structure. Right, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You need some engineering and a lot of money. (laughs) Right. 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 Okay. Um, okay, now to switch topics again a little bit. I I don't know how much you deal with like any just hiker safety issues, and you know, because I talked to you know through hikers. You know, several times, uh, oh, several times a year. You know, not not every month do I talk to through hikers, but I'm talking to mm-hmm. them often enough to know like what's going on and and the prevalent topics. You know, I see on it, Instagram and Facebook and and talking to people are, are loose dogs, um, mm-hmm. roadwalk safety, um, safe camping options on roadwalks, and then I, I'm starting to hear a little bit more of some racial issues from some of uh, you know di- different diverse hikers that are, that are coming to the trail and, you know, I don't know. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. And since someone else is having some, they've mentioned just being harassed by cops, not knowing what Florida trail hikers are. Mm. So I don't know in your outreach with communities, what is your position on that? Or what are you work or can you work on, on any of these issues?
1: Yes, we can. Um, you know, we don't often have uh, authority to to you know to be out there on the ground in those areas, but I will say, um, you know, we had we had an incident. I guess it was 2019. It was you know pretty concerning, and our our law enforcement folks did get involved and coordinate with local law enforcement. Um, I've I've been aware of the loose dogs, and that that is a concern. And short of you know talking with local communities. Um, oftentimes, at least when the areas where I'm aware of it, it's, it's the roadwalks. Yeah. And so, um, that's a, it's a real challenge. And I, I've met with some local law enforcement and sheriff's offices and oftentimes, um, you know, I've been to a lot of them so they know about the trail, <laughs> but a lot of times when I get there, it's well, what, I don't know. We've seen these people coming through with backpacks, but we don't know what that is, you know, <laughs> right. So, you know, so I think the more that we can raise awareness um, within the, the communities, maybe that would help. Um, obviously, getting the trail off of the, those roads would, would be the, the ideal situation. But I will say we, we've developed, um, and this is something that the coalition, uh, you know, helps us with too, but we've developed kind of an emergency action plan. And, and part of the strategy with that is to um, really for lay managers, but the part of the strategy for that is to get out into um, the community, the smaller communities into the first responders and law enforcement um, offices and, and make them aware of this plan where the trail is in their area, provide them with the, um, you know, maps, be it um, paper maps or electronic um, so that they're just aware. And, yeah. you know, that's, you um, I think that's a start. I don't know what the solution is.
0: Right. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously there. you can't go out there and, you know, you know, round up dogs or anything, but I'm just I was just curious, uh, you know, mm-hmm. you know, what what the steps were and at least any attempts were made to, you know, be out there and have the public more aware of of people hiking through trail. And, you know, just as more hikers are are on the trail, there's gonna be, you know obviously more chances for incidents of, of various kinds and um, I don't know, we just need to <laughs> try to hopefully mitigate some of that and and not have, have as much uh, as I'm seeing
1: come across. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a great point. And I, and I, and I think, you know, we're doing some pre-work now where we, maybe we weren't doing before where we, when we go to a new area, we're trying to go into the communities, um, for example, before we even, um, had a decision on the Big Bend reroute. We had a, a a public meeting in the the town of Steenhatchie to to see what they thought. If the trail came here, would they be supportive? You know, and and so I think we sh- we should continue that effort together with our partners. But um, you know, um, when you show up and you route a trail and none of that's been done and nobody knew it was coming, yeah, it's a little <laughs> you know, we're setting ourselves up pretty bad,
0: right? Yeah. 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 Right. Um, okay. So speaking kind of on the outreach, what kind of activities do you do, do you, are you doing presentations or are you just, I mean, just mostly having like sit down conversations with city leaders? What does that look like for you?
1: Yeah, it, it varies. I mean, honestly, um, my time is a limiting factor as far as going and doing presentations and things like that. But we've had some um, like coalition meetings at, at, joint larger events where we get to have a broader audience and so we'll do a little more presentation at those types of things um but most of that's done through the Floor Trail Association and, and their tabling events and things like that um I am involved in um uh, like the Greenways and Trails Council for the state of Florida so um we those meetings are hosted in various locations throughout the state but if they're doing um a, a, um, a mapping update they've had public meetings and I have kind of tailed along with those and talk about Florida Trail so um, you know not a ton but um, we do what we can but yeah there's a lot more that sitting down with local officials to um, whether it's to beg for access or support yeah. or <laughs> you know just make them aware of the trail yeah
0: right right so moving forward a little bit we've talked about a lot of things you want to get done but what are some success stories from the last five years some projects that you know maybe you'd like to highlight
1: sure i'd say um well let me start with the the Alaco Bridge in Eglin Air Force Base, the um, Demon Bridge, as it's also known. Yeah, um, I don't know, you, you probably get across the original Demon Bridge, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, that to me is just one of my um, favorite success stories because there was so much that happened there um, behind the scenes and it took a long time. And, and now it's um, out there hanging out. So, and, and the volunteers that were involved was just awesome to see. Um, but so there's that. There's obviously the strategic plan and maybe some of the things that aren't so exciting publicly. But I get excited about you know hitting those goals and and seeing the support that we get, um, closing some gaps. Uh, but then we've got some structures. You know, people people like to see those complete and it makes the experience better. But we we've got. Um, um, Spring Creek Bridge um, in Apalachicola National Forest. The, the pretty substantial Cypress Creek Boardwalk in the Panhandle, um, which is pretty cool. Um, Swift Creek Bridge in the River area. Um, Ocean Pond Boardwalk in Osceola National Forest. All those have been in the last um, five years. Ocean Pond might've been six. Um, the Junior Explorer Program. Um, revitalizing the gateway community program that was a partnership effort with fta they're they're leading that effort but um we um we, we conceptually designed it together and so that's great to see that kind of taken off um our spatial data just kind of the behind the scenes but then how it shows up to the public through story maps and web maps and yeah um, yeah i could go on I yeah <laughs> the, the official Florida trail video if folks haven't seen it please watch it it's good
0: <laughs> yeah I don't know if I've seen it I'll have to go look for it yeah yeah okay um, well you mentioned the Florida Trail to Junior Rangers program what is that
1: so we have um, we had a, a really great uh, graduate intern and, and one of the things that I'd asked them to do was to to help us uh, get some more information out for, for young people and uh, particularly uh, school age grades three through five. And so we came up with this um, activity book that's based on Florida curriculum where kids could get out into um, the woods or the trail and, and do different activities and have it be in line with um, curriculum standards. And so um, we, we developed the book and uh, um, it's, we made it available to teachers and um, summer programs and libraries and so forth. Um, unfortunately, we don't have the capacity to go out there ourselves and kind of lead these efforts, but we're hoping that, you know, more schools and, and things will pick it up and families, even.
0: Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, you've kind of talked a lot about your your personal role in the Florida Trail with your with your position there. But I mean, have you done a lot of section hiking on the Florida Trail? Do you ever dream of through hiking? Yeah, just what have you seen of the Florida Trail yourself?
1: Yeah, thanks. And I, I Honestly, I, I'm not, I'm so much um, on the computer and in the office that I live a lot vicariously through, um, <laughs> through Riker blogs and, and watching videos. But I have had a, a great opportunity over the years I've been here to get out on the trail. And when I travel to meetings, I try to make a point of getting out and, and hiking. But, um, you know, uh, Kissimmee River area holds a special place to me. So I love that area. Um, I've hiked some of Big Cypress and um, all of you know, rice creek, uh, all the swanee River section. Um, I've hiked the roadwalk and the gap there in the Big Bend area to see oh. how that feels. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of St. Mark's and Osceola Sinks and Econfina, Eglin, um, Blackwater. Um, gorgeous. I, I just did that a couple years ago, actually. Um, negozi Um, yeah, I've got out there quite a bit. I, I've I've been out to, um, you know, bits and pieces of the national forest, obviously.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Is there anywhere you want to go see that you haven't seen?
1: I'd like to see more of Big Cypress. I just went out there for a few hours right up of Oasis. So I'd definitely like to see more of that. Believe it or not, I live right in Tallahassee and I've never hiked Bradwell Bay. So that's definitely <laughs> on my bucket list. <laughs> yeah, um, it's right there. I know. It's crazy. In fact, um, our our small staff and our office of probably made plans to do that three different times and for whatever reason weather or something that got canceled but um i'd like to see green swamp um yeah. yeah
0: yeah that's if i ever get a chance to to get back and do some more hiking in florida like that i'd like to do the western corridor and maybe not the roadwalk parts but all the, <laughs> all the uh the land parts uh because i have not I had, I didn't hike that section and we didn't live on the West coast when we lived in Florida. So I didn't really get to see that. So I'd like to visit the green swamp yeah. and, and the other sections as well. I, have you done any long distance hiking before?
1: I have. Yeah. In fact, I, I, I had dreamt about, um, through hiking the Florida trail and I was somewhat seriously asking, my, <laughs> asking my boss at one time to let me do that. I don't know that I could do that now. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, I, 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 have, um, I have done through like, and, and I love it. I just, um, yeah, you know, things get away from me with, with kids and family. and I don't know. Yeah.
0: I mean, <laughs> I mean, with, without the kids and it would have been great for the, you know, it's, it's work, you're hiking on the Florida trail. It's work, it's research. <laughs> That's
1: what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Document it Yeah. Line. Right. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, is there any, um, well, I guess two things. So do you have any personal goals you'd like to see about, the, I mean, you, obviously I think your, your personal goals are probably what are you doing your strategic plan, but is there anything special you just want to see happen in, in the future? I think you also mentioned the yellow river as, as being a big thing.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, project wise, the yellow river, the spring Creek um, project, um, those I, I really want to see through. Um, but honestly, I, I want to see, I want to see more, um, a better representation of, 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 people on the trail. And, um, I want to go to more places and, and Floridians know what the Florida trail is yeah. <laughs> it's surprising to me how many people just don't know what the Florida trail is. And so I'm really working hard, um, with our partners to try to change that. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see more families on the trail. Um, and then I, you know, I'd like to see the um, more state acquisitions and, and with the state acquisition pro- process, um, some of our, um, some of those happen and gaps close, obviously. Right. Right. Yeah.
0: Well, is there any final thoughts you want like hikers to know about the F- Florida Trail from the Forest Service perspective?
1: Gosh. Um, well, um I don't know if i'll speak to the forester but i'll speak to myself as a forest service employee yeah okay i I would um i would just like folks to know that we you know i I think sometimes with the the feedback i get is is there's things take too long and but just know we're advocates uh, on your behalf and we're really working as hard as we can every single day to keep this a connected and protected trail and and um fitting of a national scenic trail and You know, and and my door's open. I absolutely welcome comments and feedback and and complaints, you know, whatever (laughs) it is, you know, feel free. uh, I'm not by any means um, afraid of that. And and I want to be able to address the concerns that are there. Right. Right.
0: Well, if they do have feedback or complaints, where can they reach you?
1: Um, they can reach me probably best through email since I'm usually sitting in front of a computer. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but yeah, uh, sean.c.thomas at usda.gov.
0: Okay. And I'll put that in the show notes uh, in case anybody's like, I really want to email you right after this.
1: <laughs> or through um, FTA, um, through any of the regional staff. Um, one thing I didn't mention is, is we we work a little unique I think with FTA as compared to some of the other agencies and partners, um, we have weekly meetings with, with the staff. And I'm usually on the phone with, with some staff member more than, more than that. And so we have a very close working relationship. Okay. Reach me through there.
0: Okay. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. I think I learned quite a bit. Um, I mean, I had a lot of questions that you know, and I, I, you know, I didn't really know the perspective of the of the Forest Service uh, and how that worked. I, you know, I've been on the website several times before, but to me, you know, the Florida Trail Association is, is really that, that front-facing personality for the trail, but I, I always knew that the Forest Service did a lot of background work, but I didn't know just how much, and I appreciate you sharing uh, all of that information, and uh, I'm sure you have so much more to say and, you know, try <laughs> to, to keep it concise into this little podcast but uh, i appreciate you taking the time to tell us about
1: it well thank you for the opportunity to share and 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 thank you for the work you do i really appreciate that it's uh, i'm a fan all
0: right thanks that's it for my conversation with sean i hope you enjoyed everything he had to say and again his contact information is in the show notes for the episode if you have any questions or concerns that he might be able to address about your own experiences along the florida trail That's at orangeblaze.thegardenpathpodcast.com and you can message me directly at orangeblazepodcast at gmail.com if you'd like to send your concerns to me to forward to him if you'd like to remain anonymous. Until next time, happy hiking.